What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the new fight over electoral reform. Number two, the latest on government funding just 10 days away from the deadline. And number three, a look around the political ad landscape. All right, Jake, let's get into it. You know, it wouldn't be Congress if things could just be easy. Everyone would get along. There would be one bill, one pathway. It's what makes the twists and turns of it all interesting. But even in electoral reform here, uh, something that the Senate has been working on for quite a while now, we have a new cross-chamber power struggle um, looking at prominent lawmakers on both sides of uh, the aisle and chamber putting out different versions of a bill ahead of a potential showdown during a lame duck session following the midterms. Yeah, this is all a um, a fallout from January 6th in many respects, because uh, I, on January 6th, part of the the root cause was the um, either willful misunderstanding or uh, or uh, but let's just say the willful misunderstanding of the vice president's role in 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 certifying the election. So uh, this started in the Senate a couple months ago when the Senate said, "Listen, we have to kind of just figure out um, uh, a way to make sure that the vi- that we clarify what the vice president's role is in January sixth. So. Now the House, so Lofgren and Liz Cheney have their own legislation to do this. And now so there are two competing pieces of legislation, the Collins Mansion, et cetera, piece of legislation, which has, by the way, 10 Republican uh, uh, co-sponsor, 10 Republican supporters. So enough to get through that chamber. And then the Cheney Lofgren proposal, um, which would uh, uh, which has at this point. Uh, just been introduced, so we don't know what's going to happen. Now there are substantive differences here, which we don't have to um, we don't have to get into all of them. But there are substantive differences. Uh, one is the threshold needed in each chamber to object to the election. That's in the House. That's uh, the House bill requires one third. The Senate requires one fifth. So there's a difference there. But the interesting thing is, so a this adds another wrinkle into the lame duck because they're going to have to if they want. Uh, if they want to pass this thing, they're going to have to um, uh, reconcile these two bills. And um, that's going to be tricky, really tricky. Number two, they're going to have to. Um, uh, I have questions as to whether any Republican in the Senate is going to support anything with Liz Cheney's name on it, period. Like, I just think that's going to that is a real dynamic that people need to consider as they charge toward the, the end game here. But. Uh, interestingly enough, this is going to be, this should be, we expect this to be a major, uh, uh, issue, a major topic in that post-election, um, uh, governing period. Absolutely going to be interesting to see how that, uh, works itself out or doesn't. Uh, one of many different issues that are seemingly being teed up to potentially be dealt with in the, uh, post midterm world. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, We are squarely focused 10 days away from government funding expiring on how 
the Senate is looking to negotiate and continues to try to find a way pathway forward, uh, particularly as it comes to Senator Joe Manchin's permitting reform plan. Uh, It seems increasingly unlikely that this gets uh, done as part of this must-pass spending bill, but we are continuing to see the twists and turns and the negotiations continue here. Yeah, the the interesting thing to me at at this point is – uh, obviously, permitting reform is the big dynamic here. Uh, there's other issues. There's COVID money. There's money pox, monkey pox money. There is um, Ukraine money. There's all sorts of kind of add-ons here. But the big linchpin is this um, is the permitting reform that Joe Manchin exacted from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer when the um, uh, during the Inve- the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, if I can remember that name correctly, the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, now, liberals are against this, obviously, because it it, it allows the permitting of uh, fossil fuel projects and clean energy projects. And um, uh, Republicans don't want to help Manchin. So at this point, Manchin is kind of throwing up his arms and saying, I don't know how we're going to go forward. And he's doing his whole, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We got to get this done. Republicans should be for it. Now, Anna, as you and I know, and in fact, we we might have even written a book and based a career about around it. But people don't people don't do what they should do because they should do it. Right. I mean, that's just not because it's good policy or, or it's popular policy. Uh, people don't want to help out Joe Manchin, period. Um, that is a, a real dynamic that's worth considering. And um, this needs to be figured out because time is short. We have 10 days until the government runs out of money. So I really don't I don't see I don't see a path forward for this at this point at this point. Sitting here today, I don't see a path forward for permitting reform given the time, the time that's that's left before the shutdown, before government runs out of money. Unless Manchin starts talking to Senator Shelley Moore Capito, his fellow West Virginian, with whom he has a good relationship and he's he's worked and known for a long time, because she has a companion piece of legislation on the Republican side that Republicans support. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to zoom out too, though. There's a lot of Republicans that are pretty crusty with uh, Manchin over the Inflation Reduction Act and kind of feeling like they got bamboozled uh, into uh, kind of the process vote and letting Democrats have a bunch of wins over the summer into the August recess. And so, I, you know, as much as Manchin has been able to thread the needle on a lot of things that people have been skeptical, myself included, um, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of goodwill here, right, that he's working through this kind of that back room magic that he often seems to find um, and that kind of commonality where he finds with some of his uh, more moderate Republicans. It's hard to see that that comes together, particularly in such such short of a time. And the fact that his own home state senator, to your point, uh, has her own piece of legislation and on the Republican side. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some folks yesterday about this and uh, in the industry, I, I just have a hard time seeing, you know, uh, Republicans get on board here. And at some point, you know, Schumer's going to have to figure out it's it's time to, to move forward here. We have 10 days left. I think the other interesting thing here is uh, this timing you know, question. A lot of people wondering, will the the House and Senate be back in next week? Uh, House Majority Leader Senny Hoyer shot down the idea uh, that the chamber would not be in next week, telling reporters the House would be here. Uh, and that uh, here's Hoyer on which chamber will move first. He said, quote, that's still undecided in that the Senate is still trying to figure out what they can do. You know, we can pass something. So uh, you and I will be will be covering all of the all of this. Uh, it sounds like even early next week, Jake. 
but let me add one more thing. Um, the interesting thing to me is whether, so just a few quick thoughts here on this situation. The question is, did Schumer know that this wouldn't fly and, and, um, kind of let this go to to just play out that string. Uh, that's one way to think of it. And this really got me thinking, Anna, um, last night. Like, is this the... I don't think it is, but I'm not suggesting it is, but it's interesting given Manchin's position on, on the filibuster. He's against eliminating the filibuster, but now he's seeing that a proposal that you know, otherwise would have 51 votes outside of a massive, uh, or theoretically, um, uh, would have 51 votes outside of a big piece of legislation is not going to pass. So I just think that's interesting to consider. I don't think he's changing his position on the filibuster, no, just to be clear. No, no, no. But I just, I just think it's interesting given, given the, um, the, um, just given Manchin's history in the last couple months. Yeah, listen, it's, uh, He's seeing the, the 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 wheels grind slowly to a halt there in the Senate when it comes to you know getting things done and getting you know priorities of his done uh, when it comes to when it comes to getting those sixty votes. He's clearly having a, a, a difficult time, and we, that frustration that many of his fellow Democrats uh, have felt throughout this year on issues that they think are even you know more critical to uh, the fabric of democracy. So. Uh, will be interesting to see how this, and I, I agree with you actually. I, I think on the on the Schumer front, it's you know he's done a lot of really interesting deal making this um, this year, and so you know whether he agreed to it and knew that it was never going to come to fruition or not, I think it's hard to tell. But you know he's he's stuck by his word so far, and uh, it'll be interesting. I, I keep saying, but we'll, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Um, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, Jake. Uh, we are going to take a look around the political ad landscape, something that we do often in the newsletter because it can be pretty uh, informative in terms of what different parties think the messaging is working and what isn't. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. Frontline Democratic Representative Alyssa Slotkin, she's that Democrat from Michigan, talking about health care reforms enacted in the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, you know, Slotkin's mother couldn't afford her bills when she was suffering from cancer, Slotkin says in the ad. And so this was a full circle moment in Congress when they capped the amount that seniors pay for drugs and finally allowed Medicare to negotiate lower prices. Obviously, this has been a big issue for Democrats for a long time and notable to see a frontliner running on some of those accomplishments, uh, you know, trying to find some momentum that a lot of them were concerned they might not have going into the the home stretch of the midterms. Yeah, that's right. I mean, also, you know, this the goal here, <laughs> if there was a goal, which I think there was not only policy, but Democrats have said politically uh, that cap on drug prices was important and um, that people should run on it. And here you have a frontline member, somebody who's going to get millions and millions and millions of dollars spent against her in her race running on this. And I think, you know, I, let's just zoom out for one quick second here. Um, the interesting thing is to see how much, I mean, Max Cohen, our terrific reporter, uh, has dug into this, like how much people are actually running on the Inflation Reduction Act um, and how much they are they are not. 
uh, and and how much they're running on local issues. And uh, it tends to be local issues and and peripheral issues at, at most of the time. But I think you'll see more and more of this as we get. And we're now I think forty nine days until election day. But who's counting? I think a lot of people will be will be doing that as you see more ads layered in. All right. With that, thank you so much for listening this morning. We really appreciate just a reminder this morning. We'll be at the roost streaming live at 9 a.m. for a conversation with Senate Republican whip Senator John Thune, the Republican from South Dakota, uh, talking about a ton of news of the day, the role of the economy, inflation and much more. So you can join us at the roost uh, or you can also stream this online and get signed up for that at our events hub. Uh, please share The Daily Punch. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.